0: according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, conversing with him. And then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And while it was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them, and then with a, from the cloud came this voice and said, This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell prostrate or very much afraid. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and do not be afraid. And when the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus alone. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus charged them, Do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So last week, we talked about that most critical event in the life of Jesus, his baptism, where he heard the voice of the Father saying, you are my beloved child, whom I love, and with whom I am well pleased. And to make sense of those words and that experience, he was, as the core of his existence, He was thrust out into the desert to try to make sense of all of that. And from there, he goes out, he launches into his public ministry where he heals, he feeds, he tells us over and over again that we are the beloved too. And the core of our existence is not what we do or what we have or other people think. The core of our existence is that you and I are the beloved children of the Father, just like Jesus. And today we come to this second critical moment in the life of Jesus. And here again, the Father speaks to him and says, This is my beloved, with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. It's all exactly the same, except for listen to him. But he doesn't say anything in the gospel today. But he does in the chapter right before all of this. He tells the disciples that all of this is now going to change. The miracles are going to dry up. The healings are going to dry up. No more feeding anymore. They're going to Jerusalem. And their dream of Jesus kicking out the Romans and restoring the Davidic kingdom once again is going to blow up. Right before their very eyes then he says to them now if you really want to be my disciple you're gonna pick up your cross every day and follow me that's what he wants us to listen to so as I begin to share what I want to share with you this morning I want to apologize to those people here in the church today who maybe are 18 years older or younger but maybe I could revise that a little bit. You know, last week, the uh, teenagers, they had their their retreat. And as I got a chance to listen to them for two, about two hours or so, maybe a of what I want to say today does fit all of you. But my point is that today is, about, is for mature audiences, not for the very, very young, probably. And there comes a time in each of our lives we have to choose discipleship in the light of the transfiguration. There comes a time in our lives when you and I have to choose discipleship in the light of the cross. And wh- how we choose that, or when we choose that, or if we choose that, makes all the difference in the world. I think back in my 20s, I hitched my wagon to this Jesus Christ person. It has made all the difference in the world for me. I promise you, I would not be standing here right now if that experience had not occurred in my life. Don't know where I'd be. Don't think it'd be good, but I know I wouldn't be standing here in front of all of you. And so William William Bosch goes on to say that there are these five stages to discipleship in the light of the cross. These five stages to discipleship in the light of the transfiguration today. And the first one is the revision of our dreams. First of all, our dream of youth. Folks, no matter how many cosmetics or surgeries or healthcare products or exercise that we do, we're all going to get old. It's just going to happen. And as they say, old age isn't for sissies secondly our dream of wholeness it's going to happen to all of us we're going to get sick we're going to get cancer we're going to get hurt we're going to get disappointed trauma is going to occur in our lives abuse oftentimes happens to many of us the death of our wholeness then there is the death of our eternal honeymoons we get married we have the honeymoon all of a sudden the kids come as you all can hear and they start pooping in their diapers they throw up all over the place and then they become teenagers (laughs) and on and on it goes and so the death of our honeymoons and on and on life goes and so that's what peter was trying to do he said hey Jesus I'm gonna build three tents let's stay up here and live the dream you know let's not go back down there again but you do you have to go back down again and the second stage in all this is our stage where we like to escape we like to run away from our dreams run away from our cross I should say now um, um let me stick with marriage for just a moment people say the first stage of marriage is illusion that's when we're all infatuated with everything the second stage of marriage is disillusion. that's when the uh, the infatuation blows up all infatuations always blow up and then they talk about the misery stage and, of marriage and this is the stage that corresponds to our escapism here it says i'm not getting anything out of this anymore sometimes little communication much anger My needs and expectations aren't being met. You wonder if you married the wrong person. Then it goes on to say, there's no Mr. or Mrs. Right out there that if you married, you wouldn't be going through this misery stage right now. Many couples give up at this stage. Did you hear that? Many couples give up before they even got started. They're already giving up instead of developing their abilities to be the right person for the other same thing with the spiritual life many people give up pretty early on they walk out the door they don't give a, they don't come back probably ever again and they're pretty miserable for the rest of their lives in many ways then comes the third stage this is a stage that happens this is what finally we decide to persevere, and things begin to change. We start to pray every day. We, have a, we, have a, we, we we're, Without fail, we pray every day. We start caring for other persons. We begin to bear the, the, the burdens of other people in this third stage. Yeah, the struggles continue. The disappointments, the hurts, the sickness, all those things continue, but all of a sudden, you begin to care for and welcome other people in the midst of their struggles and their weakness and their difficulties you begin the process of perseverance the fourth stage now we begin to talk about a maturity that someone begins to have in their life that could only happen with someone who has embraced discipleship in the light of the cross now we can begin to talk about somebody actually Being holy in their lives. Because this is now a stage where somebody begins to have this level of acceptance about their lives. They begin to accept their life. They begin to embrace and even welcome their lives, not in some kind of defeat, but because they they love life. They embrace it and they walk around, and you know them because they have a kind of joy, a quiet joy. Deep inside of themselves, that they live day after day after day, on this fourth stage. Then comes the fifth stage, the fifth and final stage of this. And William Bosch says it much better than I do. So let me share his words when he says, "You get your dream back. You get the ideal back again. You get a transfig. You get the transfiguration that you always wanted." But now it's transformed, not with the splendor of Mount Tabor, not with the razzle dazzle of white robes and voices and clouds, but a true and sincere transfiguration of life and love that you always dreamed possible. These are the whole people. These are the holy people. These are the people who now understand Moses and Elijah whispering to Jesus about his life of discipleship in the light of the cross. It was necessary for Jesus to go through this terrible passage to, of his transfiguration to glory, and it's the same with all of us. That's how it happens. The same with all of us. Clyde Font was a, uh, is a, a Baptist minister. Oh, he's been at it for 40, 50 years. And he goes to this conference on preaching here he, the guy's been doing it for 40 and 50 years. you think he got it down. And here he is uh, honing his craft, going to a conference on preaching. And he meets a bunch of his older buddies there who have been in, in the ministry for quite a while. These guys have been kind of through it all and still burned for the mission. After 40, 50 years, still burned for the mission. They've been through it all, comforting the sorrowful giving hope to those who need to be consoled, dealing, spending time with those who are dying, all the disappointments, the struggles of, of parish life, been through every single part of it. And here they are, they're, they're sitting together for a while and they're, they're telling stories about the past, and what it was like and things that in the last 40, 50 years. And then all of a sudden the conference begins. And this uh, young minister uh, just out of the seminary jumps up on the stage, Bible in his hands, smell on his face, and one of the older ministers says to the other, he says, no scars. No scars. Like Abraham, like Jesus, here are these men who have been through the five stages and come out the end holy persons. These people have been through thick and thin, hurts, disappointments, joys, of all of life many 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 scars and like Jesus and like Abraham they have become to realize that their identity is that God is their daddy God is their father and God is good for his promises and they believe after all these years allow me to close with the words of William Bosch as he goes on to say the next time you hear this gospel today, just don't think of the Transfiguration as some kind of a magic show. Think of it as a profound statement about your life. Here's the ideal: Yes, we must achieve it in a different way. You must undergo the passage. Folks, you must undergo the "I must undergo the passage. You and I are going to run. You and I are going to refuse the desert. But we must go through the desert. What a choice. We got to go through the desert. However, we're not alone. We have each other. We have this faith community here. Thank God for that. And above all, we have Jesus, who has been through it all and turns to us in his love and acceptance of us as we continue the journey. And he says, Come to me, you who are weary and find life burdensome, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon your shoulders and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and your souls will find rest, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And could you please stand and grab your programs once again? Enjoy join me, and let's together.